Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date the 28th of August, 2022. This way, Mr. Utterson. You, you want me to identify a body? I do, sir. Oh, dear God. You can identify him, sir? Oh, um, barely, but, but uh, yes. I'm sorry. Sorry to say, that is Sir Danvers Carew. Well, I don't mind admitting it's the most uncommonly brutal attack I've ever seen, sir. We also found this at the murder scene, sir. Oh, well, that, um... Oh, what is it? Well, it's a fragment of a walking stick. You recognise it, sir? Uh, uh, well, now I... now I think about it, uh, perhaps. Perhaps? Yes, it does seem familiar. We have a witness to the murder. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, this is Big Finish, audiobooks, audio drama and, well, this podcast, all for the love of stories. It's all very Jekyll and Hyde this week, but we're not in two minds about it. Finally, (laughs) finally, the Big Finish Classics range disgorges its latest production. We chat about my excuses for how flipping late it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I look forward to that one. Following that, it'll be the Good Review Guide. This week, we're talking about Dalek Universe 3. There's a planet down there. Where did that come from? Sorry, I was just drinking something. Um, Then we're off behind the scenes with the aforementioned Jekyll and Hyde. My name is John Heffernan, and I'm playing Dr. Jekyll and... Mr. Hyde. Following that, I wasn't drinking anything then. Uh, it's once again time to open your ear inbox with listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Exciting! In our also available segment, we investigate the classic ITV young adult drama from the 1970s, reimagined by Big Finish as audio drama, of course. I am, of course, talking about Time Slip. <laughs> That's right, go and hang around a fence for, for a couple of hours and, and, and travel around. Uh, then, of course, it'll be the Random Woods Electron, and it will once again be giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Allow me to tantalise you with this out-of-time clip. Sam, have you heard of the Nestines? And then it'll be time to give you a free 15-minute drama tease. This week, it is from Jekyll and Hyde. I do not like thee, Dr. Fell. The reason why I cannot tell. But this I know and know full well. I do not like thee, Dr. Fell. So why has Jekyll and Hyde been on the Big Finish website for so long? Well, Nick, it's, I think this is your time to, to set the record straight. Well, really, it was just a... Uh, uh a stick for Jason Haygattery to beat me with every time we were sort of discussing something <laughs> he'd just say and why haven't you done Jekyll and Hyde well I think as I may have said in other times and places that you know I just did the stage adaptation I thought well we could easily do this for for audio so just like let's go 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 and then of course a million other things happen. I mean, goodness knows what they were, but, you know, things like Christopher Eccleston coming along and, um, and uh, you know what I mean? Uh, and my job is to, to look after uh, all of the creative side of Big Finish and sometimes that involves launching a, a, a huge ocean liner of a series. 
And even though, of course, Jekyll and Hyde, I would attribute a lot of importance to it, it, it is not that. I mean, hopefully it will make a splash to continue the analogy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the reason why, Benji. Is that a good enough excuse? I think it's a good enough excuse. And dare is I it, say, it'll, it's worth the wait. So, you know. Well, you worked hey, on it, didn't you? And we have chatted about it before. Absolutely. You know, it's a thoroughly enjoyable production. And so I think it, it has its place. But yeah, that's that's part of it. It's, you know, you're sailing a ship, aren't you, Nick? And you've got to, sometimes you've got to navigate the right path. <laughs> um, is it too frightening? Oh, I wouldn't say it's too frightening. I'd say it's certainly pretty. Uh, it has its moments where it can make you feel very uncomfortable. Um, I would say, you know, maybe if, if you... If you are of a weak disposition, nervous, maybe? Nervous, nervous disposition. That's what Thank they you. said, didn't they? The crazy mass viewers of a nervous disposition. Ooh. I think that's a fair thing to say. If you've got a nervous disposition, you might want to, you know, enter it with maybe, a uh, careful With, with your heart. headphones, put like cushions between your ear <sighs> and the headphones. And and if you're, if you're holding a cup of tea, put it on a coaster. And, you know, <laughs> don't... You don't want to get... get get the heebie-jeebies when you're holding a hot drink that's why i like about benji clifford folks good practical advice no messing around no messing around and we're not messing around now with a good review guide either which is finding you the latest positive comments about big finish productions and hopefully recommending them for you and as promised this week we're looking at dalek universe 3 arsenal nil from big finish productions Doctor Who, The Tenth Doctor Adventures, Dalek Universe 3. There's a planet down there. Where did that come from? Doctor, look out! I'm a velen. I'm a velen. Oh, I figured... You can graft Mavellan flexors to human extensor tendons. I look younger than I am. Well, so do I, but still. This is pointless, Cayman. Stop. On your knees. On your knees, Doctor. River! Stop, I know that name. And I know exactly what's in this cell. Or rather, who? It's Davros. Look, that Mavellan rocket's at least twice the size of the others. Rumours are true. That's the Mavellan Prime ship. How do my Daleks fare against the Mavellans? You must tell me! Still the same old Davros. Anger issues and a very low patience threshold. Uh, got it! Uh, We're free! Yeah, sorry, I didn't like to say. We've not had the best of luck on this planet. You will infiltrate the first Mavellan's vessel and provide a diversion to enable our attack. These machine people would not leave themselves vulnerable to so simple a tool. Oh, you never know. I've upgraded. A lot. You are the doctor. Are you the boss? I am the Kemble faction analyst. Through the vent, up to the main power chamber, sabotage it and pfft, ship full of Mavellans doing the deactivation disco. It's a sound enough plan. Pity you're giving it to the Daleks. I saw my world, my people, destroyed. That is still nothing. What has happened in the years that have passed for you? Never you mind. What are you throwing at me now? Big Finish. We love stories. 
Well, just go to bigfinish.com and type Dalek Universe into the search pane and you'll be having yourself a tenant-tastic time. Mm. Three Ts. First up there, we made this network.com. Ben Taylor says, all in all, overall, um, all in all this time, <laughs> no, now, not, Dalek no, Universe is one of Big Finish's biggest triumphs of recent years. This third volume sticks the landing and then some. Russell T Davies would be proud. Oh, Russell T. Davis would be proud, would he? Um, the, how can we tell? I'm sorry, Russell, if you're listening. I know you're an avid listener to this podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. I made that up. Um, it's the old sticks the landing phrase there that um, we um, that I discovered not very long ago, but apparently it's been around for a long time. You no, know, sticks like, the you landing. Know, yeah, yeah. Sticks the landing means, you know. As the crow flies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just a phrase that I'd somehow um, not encountered uh indiemacuser.co.uk uh, jacob liplider one of our favorites says this is a brilliant ending to the saga he's, he's not really i just mentioned it i just said it I said, jacob you probably are one of our favorites in fact looking at the end of this review you definitely are um uh, wrapping up the threads and revealing things set up from the very beginning making it one of big finishes tightest releases tight i can't quite move it is driven purely by characters and the daleks are used to their best as an off-screen larger than life threat without ever falling into the simple shooting people which other big finish stories fall to thank you uh, this may be the capstone <laughs> of big finishes 2021 releases 9.5 out of 10 brilliant sorry to be a bit thin-skinned there well, uh, warpfactor.com, Matthew Kressel says, from mixing classic and modern Who to epic cliffhangers, strong casts, mm. and creating worlds out of sound, Dalek Universe as a series has been nothing short of a triumph. It's a series with something for everyone and a must-listen for any Doctor Who fan. Nice one. Cultbox.co.uk, Ian McArdle says, with Ken Bentley's pacey direction, oh yeah, he's, he's always running around the place, plus terrific sound design and score from Howard Carter. Amazing stuff. This is essential Doctor Who listening. If you have been following Dalek Universe, you will love it. If you haven't, we really do recommend it. It might just send you back to a few old Terry Nation stories with fresh eyes. And there's five stars here. Uh, four and a half of them are in blue. <laughs> and there's a white bit at the end, which I think is like the cream on the top of a very mm. nice biscuit. <laughs> you know, the funniest thing here is it says Ken Bentley's pacey direction. Mm. He actually does have a pacey direction. Is that if, if a script has a character pacing, he often will tell me just not to do it and ignore it. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I've got a Pacey so. Maker. I don't know whether that... Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a name, doesn't it? What's your name? Pacey Maker, love. Um, <laughs> well, the blog of delights.blogspot.com, uh, child of the 70s, says, With Howard Carter's superb music and soundscape and Ken Bentley's experienced direction, Dalek Universe ends well, capping one of Big Finish's best ever series. That's four stars there, so I think maybe child of the 70s uh, fell off um, their space hopper. <laughs> And um, had a bit of a, <laughs> got into a bit of a jam. Perfect, perfect. Yes, it's uh, he's experienced this time. He's pacey. He's experienced. Ken Bentley. He's pacey. He's experienced. He's anything you want him to be. Uh, <laughs> at generic underscore tweeting. Oh, on Twitter, obviously, it says I finally finished Dalek Universe three, and it was a fun final jaunt into the Dalek Universe. Can't say I was expecting Dalek Universe to end up as a Mavellan origin story, though. Ooh, spoilers. Still, though, tears did prickle my eyes as two old friends said goodbye. 
Well, it's better that your eyes are prickled than pickled. Oh, um, that would be very nice. That. I do like pickled onions, though, not pickled eyes. Pickled eye. I mean, do you think um, pickled eyes would taste like pickled onions? It's an interesting. I think it tastes more like pickled egg. <laughs> oh yeah, I like pickled eggs as well. Do you know you can't find them when it's not Christmas time? I keep looking for pickled eggs in the shops. No sign Surely, of them. Surely, what? Even in fish and chip shops? Ah, no. I'm I'm t- <clears throat> I'm talking about supermarkets. Ah, well there you have it. Yeah, well, supermarkets. Maybe next time, nip down your your fish and chip shop. Bam, pickled eggs. I don't like them, but but you know. I do. I like, I like a pickled fallen. onion, but not a pickled egg. Oh, a pickled shallot is particularly good. Oh, and what of course Peter picked a pack of pickled pebbles. I can't well, say it. There we go. Yeah, you know. Neither can I. I'm not even attempting it. No, I think um, the pickled egg thing is is troubling. I mean, I'm surely Brexit or the pandemic can't have stopped pickled eggs. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, but then pickled eggs in their essence are pickled, so they would they would have been eggs from a while ago. Hence the reason Perhaps they're pickled. It's, it'd be interesting if they remarketed them as eggs from a while ago. I don't think they'd sell quite so well. It, not that they sell particularly well now, clearly. Unless they've remember, all sold out, you know, that's why I can't find them. Well, maybe. Maybe that's the case. I mean, I remember a friend of mine, he, they, were, they were planning on writing a sitcom and they were going to call it Tinned Eggs. Because <laughs> <laughs> there aren't tinned eggs. And why aren't there tinned eggs? Can well, you tin, can you put an egg in a tin? I don't well, know. I, I love finding elegant names for, like um, for things that are actually mundane and fairly awful, like uh, tinned potatoes. You know, you can buy tinned potatoes that are sort of pre-cooked. And um, Bob Mortimer, who's famous as a comedian in the UK anyway and writer, uh, he did this series with. Um, Paul Whitehouse called Gone Fishing or something. You know, they yeah. go off and do fishing. And when he and he makes food and he he calls tinned potatoes trapped potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Which somehow makes them sound more exciting, doesn't it? Trapped We've used trapped potatoes here. <laughs> he just owned a tin of potatoes. Anyway, I think trapped. you're next, aren't you? I can't remember. Is it your case? Yes, I'm I'm trapped in a little a little tent. Enclave. Uh, Tom Housen 1218 says, Dalek Universe 3 has been an epic conclusion and brings this series to a close beyond satisfactorily. Oh, good. That's like something Davros would say. Yes, beyond yeah. satisfactorily. Beyond satisfactorily. Yes. <laughs> I'm just turning into John Pertwee when I did it then. <laughs> yes. Yeah, quite. Yes, quite. I'm Davros, you know. Yes, well. <laughs> I keep <laughs> laughing now. Neither. Experiment has been done beyond satisfactorily. Um, what a ride beautiful uh, beautifully written uh, by some fantastic writers sadly not beautifully read out uh, and brought to life by sucks such a magnificent cast this was big finish at their best bravo all oh thank you tom Housen. Bravo. one two one eight uh, always good. This one, uh, the the name has been typed slightly incorrectly because it's Justin B. Quiddick, isn't it? It is. It's been typed as Justin, J-U-S-I-N. Just Justin B. Quiddick, you know. It's just warm. Uh, anyway, they say, uh, Dalek Universe 3 by At Big Finish is a remarkable work of art. A heart-pounding boon to the law. I th- hear pounding, it says, but I'm sure he means heart. Maybe just there were no T's available in this uh, uh, tweet. <laughs> oh, hold on. Ennant is impeccable. <laughs> he and he cast bring infectious energy to quality scripts that honestly surpass almost anything from his elevised era. <laughs> this is definitive and unmissable. Wow. 
and out, and of, out N. of N. <laughs> but it's written as figures, so surely I can say it. It's a great review, anyway. Uh, I just amused myself by reading it that way, Justin. And for that, listeners, I would like to apologise. Well, GF97 YouTuber says, Doctor Who, hashtag Doctor Who, Dalek Universe 3 from Big Finish was a fun ride from start to finish. It starts relentless and keeps going up and up with great twists and turns or wists and urns uh, along the way, working a satisfactory conclusion to this exciting saga. Oh, my goodness. We've started a thing, haven't we? Not saying teas. (laughs) Dropping the tea. At Ollie James 94 finished up Dalek Universe 3 and it was an amazing conclusion to He Series. Hats off to Mr. Dorney and everyone else involved. Listen, that's it for the reviews before we go completely round the bend and back again. Uh, Next time, uh, I'm rather pleased to tell you, we'll be talking about The Third Doctor Adventures Volume 8. Well, still to come on the podcast, listeners, yes. email centre podcast at bigfinish.com oh, good, and we'll good. be investigating time the writing coming down or oh. uh, classic sci-fi from 1970 updated in brand new audio drama adventures with the original stars. But first let us delve behind the scenes with Jekyll and Hyde. My name is John Heffernan and I'm playing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, goodness. Uh, my name's Claire Corbett, and I am playing, oh, a multitude of characters. Hold on, we're going to have to get all of them up. I am playing Mrs. Poole, Maisie Patterson, Lanyon's maid, and the young girl. So I'm playing all the females in this production. <laughs> uh, well, it's, I suppose it's this sort of tale of hubris, really, in that Dr. Jekyll believes that he's found a sort of scientific breakthrough where he's able to split the different parts of a human being's character and he thinks that he can go around on doing charitable works as a doctor and being working for the good of society and separating himself from all of the other vices and urges which the rest of us have and so he becomes the two the two characters become an embodiment of the different sides of everybody's nature so it becomes quite a moral tale, I think. I do, I do play lots of parts in things, but I do. This is probably my most challenging one yet. <laughs> We've got a, they're, they're in this ne- scene next to each other. I have played my own daughter before, but um, that's okay because it's just a younger version of yourself. But yes, this was quite a challenge, but I enjoyed it. Hello, my name is Nicholas Asbury, and I'm playing Dr. Hasty Lanyon, which is a wonderful name. My name is Barnaby Edwards, and I'm playing three parts, plus various other little small bits in this. My main one is Richard Enfield, who is the cousin of Gabriel Utterson, uh, and he's a bit of a sort of, he's a young, he's always described in the in the book as a young man about town, so he's sort of young and, and trying to be smooth, but he's had a, a disturbing experience, and the disturbing experience revolves around the tragic demise of... Um, or the tragic sort of crushing of a, of a young girl by uh, Mr. Edward Hyde, who has murdered one of my other characters, Danvers Carew, who's a member of parliament, a kindly old man. And I'm also playing the constable, who's very keen, but not perhaps the brightest spark in the metropolitan Scotland Yard. My name is Robert Portal, and I'm playing the part of Inspector Newcomen. Well, the inspector is really 
the detective in charge of the uh, the case of these uh, murders that have been happening, and um, he's trying to get to the bottom of it. And he really deals with the character of Gabriel Utterson, who he suspects is is somehow involved, but uh, can't quite pin him down. And so it's hot on his footsteps. He thinks if he can get closer to him, he'll be able to solve this this mystery. Hello, my name is Barnaby Kay, and I am playing Gabriel Utterson. Gabriel Utterson is the lawyer for Mr. Jekyll and uh, for other characters in the um, story. Dr. Lanyon is one, and Danvers Carew, who is a member of parliament. So he is the sort of, he's the link between these characters, and uh, two of them come to sticky ends early, early-ish. One of them we don't even see, we just hear that he's been murdered. And so Gabriel is the sort of, is the the linchpin to all these uh, these characters so the so Newcomen who is the inspector uses Utterson as her as his sounding board and as his and questions him on several occasions for evidence and um, and insight. Hello, my name's Benji Clifford and I'm the sound designer for Jekyll and Hyde. Hello, I'm Nicholas Briggs and I'm the uh, adapter, director and composer for Jekyll and Hyde. My knowledge of Jekyll and Hyde prior to, to working on this is, is pretty limited um, in terms of, I suppose, Jekyll and Hyde is one of those things that's been around forever. It's, it's a legendary gothic tale, uh, and it's certainly depicted in a, in a great deal of different things. You, know, you see it in TV shows or hinted at or reinvented in certain ways. My earliest memory of that was when I was a kid and there was some film called The Page Master, which is one of those 90s sort of cartoony things it's all about literature it's quite quite an interesting kids film but um they had a scene in that with, with dr jekyll takes drinks the liquid and turns into to mr hyde um it was actually quite scary uh, to watch as a kid but i'd never really seen anything specifically based upon this i hadn't read the novella and it's one of those things i feel like like you kind of just automatically kind of know what it's about because it's just so uh it's so ingrained in kind of modern pop culture Um, and I was really excited when when uh, I was approached to do this because it was a chance I love anything gothic and and dark and the horror elements of it and it was a chance to actually explore it a little bit more and 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 take it take it on from you know I, I trust Nick implicitly with the way in which he he writes things it's it's he knows what he's doing and he he does a good job and you know it's like war of the worlds for example nick really made the conscious decision to do it as authentically as possible and i knew when i received the scripts for this that it was it was going to be exactly the same it's going to be an authentic adaptation when i first came to adapt this very famous gothic novella uh, it was for theatre, and I think it was back in 2016 when the Theatre Royal Nottingham and a theatre company called Tabs asked me to, if I would like to adapt Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, uh, for a production in the Theatre Royal Nottingham's thriller season in the summer. Uh, typically, they were murder plays and police investigation sort of things. So, bearing that in mind, they did actually ask me if there was a detective character in it and if I could build it up a bit. So I did do that. <laughs> um, I read the novel a few times and then I got a, an audiobook of it with the brilliant Ian Holm reading it, 
who does the most fantastic job and his uh, vocal interpretation of the entire book really helped me to understand it more than I could from reading it really. Your brain works in a different way when you hear things compared with when you're reading them. So I feel I got a lot out of Ian Holmes' um, work. He did. There were quite often things I read and I thought, I don't, I'm not sure what that means. And then you hear the way that Ian Holm uh, phrased it and it sort of came to life. So I saw that there was this character, uh, Newcomen, who was really in the equivalent of just one scene in the novella. Um, but I knew that because is mostly from the first person singular point of view of Gabriel Utterson and he expresses all sorts of feelings and fears a real intensity of reaction and emotion I thought there has to be some way to get this in uh, and I thought well how about when Sir Danvers Carew is murdered the letter is found upon him and Utterson is brought in to answer questions and then the policeman interrogating Utterson can bring out uh, the real richness of Robert Louis Stevenson's language in, in the first-person narrative of Utterson's in the book. And that was my way into it, really. You know what? I got some chills reading it. So, uh, yeah, I, I did. I really enjoyed it. And... I did get a little bit of the old scary, scary frills, which was lovely, actually. I thought it was very well written, Mr. Briggs. I mean, it's a great story, isn't it? Even though it's only been around for 150 years or whatever it is, um, it feels as though actually it's been around all the time. And of course it has uh, from Homer onwards. So, you know, all those stories of the beast within are from from Greek times through to the TARDIS and Jekyll and Hyde fits in that very, very well. And I really loved it. I suppose in the uh, Victorian era, people loved what were called the Penny Dreadfuls. And, and although this wasn't one, I mean, this was far superior to that. It was Robert Louis Stevenson. People loved a dogged detective story and, and uh, the way that Nick Briggs has, has adapted the story, which I, and I think he's done it brilliantly, is to really write this character up. He, I think he does feature very briefly in, in um, Stevenson's novel and he's really included him more so that there's a, a linear, aggressive, vigorous journey that the audience, that the listeners can follow. Well, I'm a big fan of all things gothic, and I've looked at uh, adapting <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde myself, and it's because it's quite a slim novel. It's a it's a, a novella really, and it's I've always sort of fallen down on how do you expand the world because it's very very much from the point of view of Gabriel Utterson, um, and I think the adaptation that Nick's done is brilliant, really really brilliant because he's really upped. Uh, Inspector Newcomen uh, to make it almost like a police procedural and that adds a lot of tension to the script uh, I think so yeah I was really surprised and delighted when I read the script it's a really good adaptation it keeps all everything that's great about about Stevenson's original and expands upon that world but is wholly in keeping 
I was sent the... Well, actually, I think we were recording something else. Nick Briggs and I were recording a, an episode of, of Doctor Who, I think, that he was directing. And uh, he mentioned it to me as a possibility for me to play this part. And and, uh, and I was delighted. And that afternoon, he sent the script over. And I, and I read it that evening. And I was really excited to it's, uh, it. Because it's, um, it's such a classic story that we all... If we haven't read, and I think I, I think I started it. I started reading it when I was a kid, and the sort of the thrill of, of the horror of it, and and probably got a better offer and, and never finished it. But but it's it is one of those stories, and I've seen it, seen um, versions on the TV, and and it's just a really it's great. It's, it's just such a cracking classic story. And I knew Nick had this script has had this script for a while, and um, has been wanting to do it, and so I was delighted to be asked to to be in it it's a it's a really great script and it's and it's sort of dark real um goosebumpy uh, ride as a story and uh, so yeah i was uh, i was really thrilled absolutely thrilled i got exactly the cast i wanted brilliant no second choices you know but the production the recording <laughs> was quite a traumatic time uh, I caught COVID. I tested positive for COVID on the morning I was supposed to direct. And so I had to revert to doing it uh, remotely. But several members of the cast were remote anyway. The two Barnabys were, for example. And uh, not to go into too much horrific detail, but John Heffernan was ill as well. Um, Benji Clifford got COVID around about the time of post-production and also then there was a heat wave while I was trying to do the music which uh, slowed everything right down but somehow <laughs> that all that negativity has uh, managed to create a form of energy which I think has produced something that we're all rather proud of and I'm so pleased that everyone on it has worked so hard and with such dedication. Um, yeah, it's been a, a fantastic experience, a long time coming, but here we are. Jekyll and Hyde, they've arrived. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Jekyll uh, to delve into the murky depths of Victorian London to encounter something beyond terror. Terrifying. You know, uh, you did know that Jekyll is uh, properly meant to be pronounced Jekyll, but it's... Jekyll? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's actually the, pr the correct pronunciation of that name. But Dr. we decided Jekyll. not to do it because it's so distracting. Because it's, um, you know what I mean? It, everyone's used to Jekyll and it just becomes a huge thing, doesn't it? I went to see a production of Troilus and Cressida, The National, years and years ago. And they decided to use what was apparently the correct pronunciation, which is Troilus, not Troilus. And everyone's been calling it Troilus for years, haven't they? So they're saying Troilus. And they, the entire production became about Troilus. And you know, it just really stuck out. It's really well, difficult to affect change, isn't it? You know, you want to do it correctly, but sometimes the correct way, if everyone's used to the incorrect way, doesn't sit well. It would be like calling Sherlock Holmes Sherlock, isn't it? You know, yeah. you spend the whole time thinking, Sherlock's, why are you... Oh, it's, it, yeah, it brings you out of it, and you don't want to be brought out of anything. Well, I mean, I remember the, the dearly departed, lovely, much-missed Paul Sprague said to me, you say Sherlock Holmes really funny. And I said, do I? And he said, yeah. He said, I say Sherlock... He said Sherlock Holmes because of the L in it. 
But most people say really? Holmes, don't they? Without Holmes, the Holmes L. and Watson. It gave me a real um, Holmes. Yeah, I had a real complex about it for quite some time, and I was sort of saying, "My name is Sherlock Holmes." <laughs> Sherlock Holmes is the name, Mister Holmes. Anyway, uh, enough talk of my uh, vanity project. Time now for listeners' emails. That's right. And if you want to send in your emails, just don't include any T's and say everything wrong. Or <laughs> say everything absolutely right uh, to the point where it confuses us. We'll think it's wrong. Yeah. And if you want to send it in, you can send it to podcast at bigefinish.com. Um, <laughs> podcast at bigfinish.com. First up, this one here from Matthew Ludwig. Oh, yeah. Um, Sounds like an author, doesn't it, Matthew Ludwig? You know, it sort like, of does. Yeah, like he created Ludwig. the the um, what are those films with Matt Damon in? What mission? No, um, the Born. It sounds like the Born Identity. The, the Born Identity. Matthew Ludwig. Matthew Ludwig. It's not, but um, anyway. of course, it could be the German Matthew Ludwig. Yes, Ludwig. Yeah, could be some sort of crazy scientist um i noticed that you have stargate back uh, already ordered and downloaded what you have available i'm curious as to whether you may be doing anything with stargate universe as well uh, i enjoy all the work you've done and the various shows series uh, that you make keep it up and i will keep ordering more thanks matt ludwig or ludwig well, Matt, sorry about the debate on your name. We're just amusing ourselves. And if it's been in any way offensive, please write to your local MP. Um, I uh, I don't think there are any plans. I'd never rule it out, but I think what we're doing is making available what we'd made previously, but not making any new stuff. There you go. Next up, Liam Kemble Young. That's a hyphenated name. Planet uh, Kemble. This is a, a throwback to, you know, uh, events from a few weeks ago. David Warner, Bernard Cribbins and Nebulous on download. Hmm. Well, we know what this email is going to be about. Hi, Nick. I listened to the tribute you did to uh, David and Bernard. I was very fortunate to interview him at a roundtable panel at Hooverville one year. I felt very privileged to do so. Such a modest and lovely man, both him and Bernard are great losses to the industry and Doctor Who as a whole. I was wondering about Nebulous. Would you be able to possibly get the licence and or rights to sell it at Big Finish, perhaps? Only the first series is available to purchase and I would love to own the rest. Thanks, Liam. Nebulous is a series that I uh, directed and did the sound design and music for. It was written by brilliant comedy writer Graham Duff and starred uh, Mark Gatiss and uh, Rosie Cavallero and Graham Duff and also um, Soul Deed from The Horns of Nymont. Uh, also, uh, Steve Coogan turned up in one of the episodes. So did Peter Davison, Kato Mara. And it was a kind of... Uh, mostly Quatermass, a bit Doctor Who and every sci-fi series pastiche. It was really, really funny and I laughed my socks off. Uh, but bizarrely, uh, when I was in the middle of editing one of the series, my father died and, uh, it, and it was a terrible, terrible time for me. But, you know, Nebulous kind of helped to get me through because I was just having to get on with doing it to deliver it to the BBC. And yet uh, BBC Audio released the first series, but there are two other series of it. And um, I don't know. Baby Cow was the production company. That's Steve Coogan and Henry Normal's company. You may have heard of at least one of those people brilliant people uh, Henry Normal incredible insight into comedy and just brilliant work on the scripts on this one helping out with that um, you've really felt you were in the presence of greatness uh, in a very modest way working with, with Henry um, 
uh, yeah, I did have a conversation with him ages ago where he was sort of asking about the audio files, and I'm not sure whatever happened about it. I said Big Finish would love to release it, but I think he had other ideas, but they haven't released it through Audible or anything. But there you go. That's my very vague, meandering and almost entirely unsatisfactory answer to that question. I think you, you answered it satisfactorily. Um, we'll see what Justin Bush says here. Longer than a rel. Uh, dear Nick and Benji, I wanted to email about a few things, but I'll try to be as quick as a rel. Uh, I've always wanted to be as quick as a measurement of hydroelectricity, but I digress. <laughs> yes. Uh, firstly, Stephen Noonan's response two weeks ago to my silliness made my day. The man is a gentleman. It certainly is. Definitely. Secondly, as someone who obviously doesn't want the podcast meeting uh, it's unfortunate end. Um, I felt more than obliged to write in about what I listened to on summer vacations. Honestly, there's been no such thing for me these past few years. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, the closest thing I can think of is that pre-pandemic, I often listened to Big Finish on my way to slash from concerts or when staying over in a hotel. Okay. Some may listen to artists' music to get pumped for a hard rock show, but me? Well, the dulcet tones of <laughs> Fraser Hines or Lisa Bauman do the trick. Does that count? Oh, it more than counts, yes. Absolutely. Yes. What a strange combination. Uh, finally, I adored Beyond War Games. The stories and performances were extraordinary. You most certainly can put my name on the petition to get two Second Doctor releases each year. Gosh. On that note, uh, I had a question in reference to the final beginning. Oh, yes. Uh, I dedicatedly listened to the behind the scenes and podcasts, and there was a specific topic that I don't remember being discussed. It's very possible I just missed it, but figured I'd ask, where did the idea for four shorter episodes spring from? I particularly enjoyed that and felt it was a great way to pace it. Will we possibly see that used again? Nick? Um, well, that's you're the first person I've observed bringing that point up. It's really weird uh, because, of course, it's on one CD, you know, it's uh, or, you know, an hour-ish production because you can get... How many minutes can you get on a CD, Benji? Oh, it's something like... Uh, 70-something. It's a, yeah. a really specific number. So I looked at that and I thought, you know, some of those Patrick Troughton episodes were really, really short. I mean, if you look at The Mind Robber, they are uber short, aren't they? 74 minutes. Yeah, yeah there you go. But no, not, uh, not The Mind Robber. Um, but, you know, some of them are well below... 20 minutes long and then then you then if you think of the uh the recaps some of those uh, some some trout episodes are round about 15 minutes long uh or maybe 17 something like that it's right in experts right in and put me right on this so i thought you know since this is our introductory story wouldn't it be fun to make it a four-parter even though its duration is pretty much the same as a two-parter no no i mean mm. so we just did it for fun and and just said you know let's let's just do uh, uh, a short four parter, and I, I thought it it worked really really well. I kind of um, but interestingly it's not attracted that much um, comment. But that's yeah we should have discussed that on the extras. But that was me discussing it now. Thank you. Yeah, you, you got a bit there. Well, there's a PS here, so we're not quite at the end yet. Mm. It says here, PS, if Mr. David Richardson is a guest on the podcast, I well, this was obviously way back, isn't it? Mm. Um, I just want to say how much I appreciate all of his hard work and have enjoyed, I've always enjoyed his sincerity on various behind the scenes. 
he has been a monumental influence to so many stories over the years, a real superstar. Well, sorry, just having a sip of my water. It's very hot in my shed. There, there's nothing we can say to disagree with that, is there? Absolutely not. I, mean, I no. don't just mean contractually. I mean that it's uh, actually uh, a monumental influence, which will still you know, be felt, I think. He's still continuing to produce series, but um, he's just having a, a slightly less... Um, stressful time of it I think anyway doing lots of uh, lovely work with um, John Ainsworth who's the new senior producer and, um, and maybe we should get him on the podcast in a few weeks time see if he wants good to, idea see if he's got anything to say for himself eh speak up John uh, listen that, <laughs> that's <laughs> it for the emails this week more next time and in case you've forgotten don't forget to send them to podcast at bigfinish.com we really want to hear from you Well, as always, the Randomoid Selectron is gearing itself up in the background. Yes, you can hear it right this minute. There it was. And it's getting ready to offer a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. But before that, it's time for Also Available. And this week, we ta 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 go back in time to ta 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 Shut up, Briggs, just read it. Time slip. My name is David Richardson and I'm the producer of Time Slip. There's an explanation for this thing, whatever it is. Maybe we have to believe in it, be sure of it, want it. You could be right. Please, don't run, there's no need. Who are you? We're friends. What time are you from? What? What did you say? I remember seeing Time Slip when it was first broadcast in the 1970s. I would have been seven years old and I remember rushing home from school, switching on the telly and just getting hooked on this really unique series actually. I, I don't remember anything like it at the time and not really much since. It was a show for children. It was broadcast at tea times during the week and it starred two very young leads. But what was interesting about the show was that even though it was a children's TV show, it didn't write down to its audience at all. In fact, it wrote upwards. It was approached as if it was an adult show. And the themes and the situations and the drama were all very adult. Hello, I'm John Dorney and I am the script editor of Time Slip. Time Slip for me was something of an unknown quantity, really. I remember first coming across it, reading articles in magazines like, you know, Dreamwatch and TV Zone in the gap between Doctor Who being on TV when I was looking for other things to fill the void. And the stories sounded really intriguing and interesting. But for whatever reason, I never got around to catching up with them. It's ever so slightly been something I've always been interested in watching but never quite got around to. So it was great to finally have an excuse to buy the DVDs and dive in and uh, and experience it for the first time uh, in, in 2019 from a grown-up perspective. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs and I'm the executive producer of Big Finish. You know, for me it worked so well because it was the main characters were youngsters, you know, and I, and I could sort of maybe a bit see myself as Simon, you know, which is why it was such a thrill to come along to the recording here this week and um, totally geek out with Spencer because I've met Spencer and Cheryl 
ages ago when I did an interview with them at a convention in Liverpool, which when I mentioned it to both of them, they said, oh, that's like the first one we ever did. And so I don't think he had any real um, recollection of me, but it was just lovely. I think it's the only time I've ever done something like this in that I've met someone from an old TV series and just gone up to them and kind of said, I'm a huge fan. Can we just talk about it? And that's what we did. It was lovely. Yeah, it means, means an awful lot to me. My name is Spencer Banks and I play Simon Randall in Time Slip. A bubble of time. Picture that. A bubble that drifts outside of the rules of normal physics across other time phases, intersecting with our own present. People might even find themselves caught inside one of these bubbles. And how would they do that? Uh, through an opening of some kind, a gateway, a doorway, in whatever barrier exists between the two. Oh, he's back. Simon's back. He's back in the house. <laughs> he's back in the house. Oh, it's great. Well done, Spencer. The serial time slip was first produced by ATV in 1970, and it told the story of two teenagers who were brought together more through circumstance than choice, and they discover through several bizarre encounters the ability to travel backwards and forwards in time. Their first adventure taking them through to war-torn England in the 1940s. They find themselves inside a naval research station in a sleepy village called St Oswald. And Liz discovers various secrets of her father's life in the Navy at that station at that time. So she meets her father as a young man in the 20s and collectively Simon and Liz are first introduced to a sinister character Commander Trainer, played by Dennis Quilly who is the commanding officer of the naval station at that time. The story then goes forwards and backwards in time over 26 episodes where they discover all kinds of projections of the future, things that have happened in the past, and do their best to use those experiences to prevent the, the worst of things and perhaps improve the, the, the best of things. I'm Andrew Smith and I wrote Time Slip, The Age of the Death Lottery. I have such fond memories of Time Slip. So it was broadcast in 1970, so I was, oh, seven or eight watching it. And I remember particularly the time of the icebox and particularly the cliffhanger where there's a scientist who ages dramatically. But yeah, just, the, you know, those, those images of Simon and Liz, you know, crawling through the time barrier. And I'd reenacted that, played that with my you know, friends. It's so easy to do, you know. Just go in a field somewhere, you know, on your hands and knees and pretend to be going through the time barrier, like Les and Simon. Yeah, great stories. The barrier is unpredictable. Where does it come from? What is it? What's it for? To answer your questions in order, I don't know. I don't know, and I don't know. We've got Les and Simon back, but we also have Neil and Jade coming as our new young time travellers. Not quite as young as the characters of Les and Simon were in the original series, so they're students who've kind of grown up together and know each other 
So they've discovered the barrier in a similar way that Les and Simon did by going through it accidentally and we'll actually go through the, the barrier with them for that, that, that first experience although we're telling that in a kind of an early flashback once we've established them so a bit of mystery as to who they actually are in episode one I'm Amanda Shadeko and I play Jade and I'm Orlando Gibbs and I play Neil Riley. yep we're good to go let's have a read oh that's bright oh we made it I think the invisible wall is closed they won't be following us then maybe it likes us it's daylight how can it be daylight? It was just night time. How can we be chased through Crystal Palace Park by armed American soldiers? Um, Neil, there's a man with a dog looking at us. <laughs> That's nice, thank you. I think it's a really great story. When I read it, I was like instantly hooked onto it. There's just so much going on. And what's great about the story is it's something that's not too far from where we are now you could imagine it happening in the future or being considered uh, in the future i think it's great i think it's really really cool that lots of like time travel stories that are in the mainstream the people who are doing the time traveling are always really good at it mm. nobody's good at time travel and time <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows what what it is what, what like what's what is happening so i think uh, that's a it makes it a lot more i think a lot more relatable not necessarily more believable but just more more relatable to people living in the 21st century you know that if something like this were to happen mm. we sort of would react like that and we would yeah. be like this is absolutely what is going on neil what's going on what is that thing we went through the 50s now 2020 will we ever get back of course we will yeah, now it feels like you know each other. Yeah. It's a relationship. It's great. Uh, so we're going to move on to scene 12. It's a uh, very distinctly different style of storytelling to uh, most other uh, telefantasy series. And I'm not just meaning Doctor Who, I'm meaning things like, you know, Saffron Steel and Blake Seven and Star Trek and everything. It, it's kind of quasi-realistic. It's got a very serious tone, very adult tone for a series that was obviously nominally a kid's show back in the day. And that gives it a very modern perspective and a modern feel. I was very keen to... Um change the location of the time barrier at the end of the tv run the time barrier has gone away and really there was no reason it should come back in the in the same location it had been in the show part of my reasoning was that the setting in the show was in the middle of the countryside a really remote location so that sort of took away some of the drama of where these stories could be set. Another reason I wanted to change it is um, for many years I lived in Crystal Palace in a, a big black and white house which was just opposite Crystal Palace Park and the Venetian terraces. So most days I would sort of wander out of my house and walk along those terraces and there's something really magical about them. I don't know if you know the Crystal Palace, the huge um, glass building which stood on that site burnt down many years ago and what's left is just the steps up to the palace and some of the statues just just little bits of stonework and archers and it has a kind of timeless feel you know you feel as though you're in today but you're wandering around the ruins of yesterday I've always had this thought that actually if we did time slip Crystal Palace Park would be a really amazing place to set it and another part of, of that thought process was that, um, of course, when the 
TV show was launched back in the 70s, Lookin did a photo spread and they took Cheryl and Spencer to Crystal Palace Park and did photographs of them with these huge dinosaur models that they have in the park, these 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 huge dinosaur statues. And that became part of our publicity campaign. We took Spencer and Cheryl back to the park. We did photos of them today with the dinosaurs and we took them up to the Venetian terraces, which is probably about a 10 minute walk away from the dinosaurs. And we we showed them where the time barrier would be in our stories. So we got all this lovely imagery to accompany the, the adventures. Basically what it allows us to do is tell these stories that have got people meeting alternative futures, alternative pasts and alternative versions of themselves that seem to be like cautionary tales. So is this the purpose of the barrier? Is it to say, are they kind of like Marley's ghost saying, yeah, if you don't watch it, you, you know, this is how you could turn out or take it to the past and you've got something to learn from there. I think the series evolved really from the first story it told, the Second World War story, which was kind of going into an act, a past that actually existed with Lizzie's father and Commander Trainer and all that, an actual chunk of the past that didn't change. It then became something else really, it became something that looked at alternative futures. And of course we have now said, well, we'll look at alternative pasts as well. Again, kind of looking at playing around with the possibilities of the barrier. My name's Helen Goldwyn and I am the director of this episode. The barrier has appeared again. Liz? The barrier? I'll get more information, but it sounds like it. How soon can you get here? We've got our two leads who are who were the original child stars from uh, 50 years ago, so that's just incredible. I know that Spencer carried on acting for quite some years after Time Slip. I think Cheryl stopped a little sooner than he did, so it's been a bigger break for her. I know she was slightly apprehensive <laughs> about uh, coming along on the first day, but she did such a great job. They've slipped back into those roles so beautifully. And as it turns out, of course, they are truly friends in real life. I think uh, that emerged as we were all chatting in the green room, that Time Slip did change their lives and, and made them lifelong friends, and, and they're intertwined with each other's families, and they, and they know each other really well. And Spencer was staying at Cheryl's place while they were recording, and that all makes a difference to the you know the energy and the the dynamic between those characters well just type time slip da, da, into da, the da, search pane at the top or if you haven't got da, a, a da, 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 just da, da, type da. i'm slip um <laughs> that'll get you know i wonder what happens if you if you type i'm slip into the search pane if you've got time would, to waste try it i would hazard a guess i want to do it now because oh, i, I actually, i'm going to waste everybody's time go on then i'm slip. i'm Nothing is the answer to that. It says that is would not you, available. There were the no difference. results. Would you like to search again? What a great search engine. <laughs> Whether it's time slip or I'm slip, you'll find yourself some lovingly crafted time tales. But don't forget, of course, we'll be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of Jekyll and Hyde very soon now. But first... It's the Randomized Electrotron offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. What have we got? We've got ourselves unit, unit Extinction. Unit Extinction. Which is quite good because it's the first of the unit, the new series range. So it's a right good right good jumping in point. Oh, right good. Aye. Uh, let's hear the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Unit Extinction. 
Sam, have you heard of the Nestines? Who in units hasn't? So that's what we're up against. There's an invasion on the way. One of their energy units has come down in the Gobi. It's imperative that you recover it and return it to London. If this is what we think it is, a swarm leader, it could hold valuable information on the Nestine's plans. How long have we got? The main body of Nestine spheres could reach the Earth within the next 24 hours. Bear in mind, you may not be alone. Because it went so far off course, it's unlikely the Nestines had anyone nearby, but they're bound to be looking for it. Big finish. We love stories. I remember listening to this on a walk. Just walking around around the streets for some reason. There was some purpose to my walk. I wasn't just aimlessly wandering. But um but I do remember this listening to this and really enjoying it. There you are, starring Gemma Redgrave and Ingrid Oliver. Uh and also with the guest star Warren Brown, known to UK audiences. I think international audiences actually as well. He's done all sorts of series. He's just an amazing uh actor. And just um, and a lovely boat to be around. And great to have Gemma and Ingrid in as well. Uh, super stuff. Was there anything I was involved in specifically here? I don't think I played any. Oh, well, yes, apparently I played the Nesting Consciousness Autons and a news presenter. Another <laughs> web. Of course you did. Of course you did. Well, there we are. Um, listen, while I email Jackie Emery at Big Finish to make sure she knows which release to attach the offer to, Benji, please explain how you get the 25% discount. What sort of style should you do it in? What have we been talking about? Could you do it without mentioning using the letter T? Uh, I could I. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good luck. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, very good, very good. Okay, so just go to uh, bigfinish.com and... Uh, I got Ed, so confused, I'm sending you this email rather than Jackie. <laughs> and then, <laughs> well, head to the menu, uh, head to the menu uh, and go to podcast... On the podcast, on on a podcast page, <laughs> oh, God. I love it. I love it. Click read more. Once you're on uh, that page, head down. Who? Uh, uh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, this, He's admitting defeat for the first time ever. Uh, just. Just click here. Yeah, it's madness, isn't it? And it's it were just go to bigfinish.com, go on the menu, go to podcast, just on the podcast page, like go underneath the uh, picture of us, and it will say just click here and enter the code buck up. Once you click there, enter the code buck up, B U C K U P, enter that in, no spaces, no complications, enter that in, and you will get your discount. There we go. Well, isn't, done. isn't life better with tea? Tea is is a good thing. I had a cup of tea. I don't drink tea that often these days, but I had a cup of tea yesterday and things did get better. Uh, uh, Ran, thank you from the heart here of my soul. Next week's podcast is called Fifth or Ons and covers the uh, continuing for your... (laughs) 
<laughs> anniversary celebrations of Peter Davidson's oh sorry uh, version of the Doctor also very much looking forward to the good review guide on the eighth yes. volume of Third Doctor Adventures particularly close to my heart Ba-boom. well Nick and I will be back next week with more fun and games in the meantime dear listeners thank you for being with us once again yes. don't forget to send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com and tell us what you're up to what you're listening to and what you'd like to listen to oh it's so exciting <laughs> that sounded quite insincere but i'm, I'm gonna believe you uh, <laughs> yes and, it's very exciting yes and please don't forget we do all this for the love of stories and now it's big finish i can't speak Ah, oh, all relaxed. And now, it's Big Finish Classics time. Starring John Heffernan. It's Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> Jekyll. It's Jekyll and Hyde.
Miss? Miss? It's all right, Miss. You're not in any trouble. Fetch her a cup of tea, Constable. Sir. You did see the murder, didn't you? You saw it happen. I... I saw... Did you recognise the victim? No. No, I didn't. But... But he was well to do, that's for sure. Well, that's good, Maisie. That's good. Now, what about the other man? You know him? Maisie? How do you know him, Maisie? How do you know him? No! 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 There you are, miss. That'll be all, Constable. Sir? Drink your tea, love. Take it easy. Now, who is he? I've I, I seen him once before, when he visited my master. I didn't like him then, neither. Not one bit. What was his name? <laughs> Mr Hyde. Mr Hyde. And why didn't you like him, Maisie? He... He was... He was... I don't... I don't know. I don't know. You don't know? It's like the old rhyme. Dr Fell. Dr Fell? What do you mean? I do not like thee, Dr Fell. The reason why I cannot tell. But this I know and know full well. I do not like thee, Dr Fell. Now tell me what you mean by that, Maisie. What I mean is that he makes your blood run cold just to look at him. I don't know what it is, but he's, he's just, just plain wrong. He's evil. That's it. Evil. Oh, he's commonplace enough to look at a bit on the short side, but when you do look at him, you wish you ain't never done it. You wish you could forget. But I can never forget. I'll never forget that face. Never forget what he done. No. All right, love. You're all right, Maisie. Constable. Sir. Look after him. Sir. Come with me now. Everything's all right, love. And fetch me that lawyer. Send him straight in. Right away, sir. Come in. Ah, thank you for coming, sir. I'm Inspector Newcomen. Gabriel Utterson. Yes, I know, sir. Do sit down. What's this all about? 
there's a, a young woman out there. She's... Yes, she was. Uh, I have a letter for you here, sir. G.J. Utterson, Esquire. Yes. Uh, we took the liberty of opening it. Oh. Why? Because it was discovered at the scene of a murder, sir. A, a murder? Yeah. Uh, this is from Sir Danvers Carew. He's a member of Parliament. I know, sir. Is he a client of yours? Indeed he is. A most esteemed one. Hmm. Come with me, sir. This way, Mr. Utterson. You... you want me to identify a body? I do, sir. Oh, dear God. You can identify him, sir? Oh, um, barely, but... Uh, yes. I'm sorry. Sorry to say, that is Sir Danvers Carew. Well, I don't mind admitting it's the most uncommonly brutal attack I've ever seen, sir. We also found this at the murder scene, sir. Oh, well that, um... Oh, what is it? Well, it's a fragment of a walking stick. You recognise it, sir? Uh, uh, well, now I... now I think about it, uh, perhaps. Perhaps? Yes, it does seem familiar. We have a witness to the murder. You do? The woman you saw earlier. She identified the murderer as one Mr. Edward Hyde. Mr. Utterson? Yes. Sorry. You look a little unwell, sir. No. No, I'm quite... quite... Do you know this Mr. Hyde, sir? I... I... Is he a person of small stature? Well, so I'm told. Small and particularly wicked-looking, from what Maisie said. Then, yes. I know of him. What exactly do you know of him, Mr. Utterson? I first became aware of the name Mr. Hyde some while ago when taking a walk through the streets of London with my distant kinsman, Mr. Richard Enfield. Upon that occasion, he had a very odd story to tell me. Yes, it was very odd indeed, Gabriel. Odd and disturbing. Indeed, I hesitate to tell it to you. Did you ever notice that door? Um... That one, uh, over there. You see? Oh, I, I don't believe I recall noticing it before, no. No, neither had I. Until this incident. Incident? I was coming home from some place at the end of the world, about three o'clock of a black winter morning, street after street and all the folks asleep. Street after street. 
and all as empty as a church. Then, all at once, I saw two figures. One was a little man who was stumping along eastward, and the other a girl of maybe eight or ten who was running as hard as she was able down a cross street. Well, sir, the two ran into one another at the corner, just there. Unfortunate. Yes. Yes, unfortunate indeed. Richard, are you all right? You've gone quite pale. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I, I realize... I realize... Um, <clears throat> well, the truth is, this is the first time I have ever spoken of this. Uh, to anyone. Oh, Richard, what is it? You see, the horrible part of the thing was that the man, quite calmly, trampled over the child's body and left her screaming on the ground. Oh, I'm sure this sounds like nothing, but... But it was hellish to see. Hellish? He... Uh, he... It, it wasn't like a man. It wasn't... Did you confront the fellow? Oh, I collared the gentleman and brought him back to where there was already quite a group about the screaming child. He was strangely cool and made no resistance. But when he removed the scarf around his face, he looked right at me. Richard? The look of the fellow. The look of him. I confess, I took a loathing to the gentleman at first sight, and so had the gathered crowd. Indeed, like me, they had turned sick and white with a desire to... to kill him for his callous cruelty. To kill him? He showed no remorse, you see. None. Just that sneering, callous face. My dear Richard, you didn't... No, no, of course not. I knew... <laughs> I knew that was out of the question. But we resolved to do the next best thing. Next best thing to murder? What do you mean? I asked the miscreant his name. He divulged it. And it was then that I made my threat. If you do not make amends, sir, we shall make such a scandal out of this that your name will stink from one end of London to the other. And if you have any friends or any credit, I will make sure that you shall lose them both. <laughs> see, sir. They mean to take your life. Very well. I will make amends. I see that I am helpless and at your mercy. Very well. Name your figure. The family were happy for me to oversee the payment. In the end, we screwed him up to 100 pounds. One hundred pounds? That's near ten times such a family might earn in a year. And that's where that door comes into it. He brought us here. Never fear. I will return. Your threat of scandal has struck home. I will not risk it. You know my name. Ha, ha, ha.
I half thought I should never see the terrible fellow again. But, sure enough... Ten pounds in gold. Damn you. And a check for the balance. <laughs>